Don't go there. <laughs> I'm, not, hey, I'm not saying yes or no. I'm not. We've never seen this before. Um, Frozen 2 soundtrack was the soundtrack for 2020. Into the <laughs> unknown. <laughs> What's up guys, how you doing? I'm Paul. I'm Morgan. And I'm Mandy. In today's video, talking about the COVID vaccine. Bum, bum, bum. And broader <laughs> discussion of vaccines in general. We're talking about should Christians take the vaccine? Are we gonna take it? We're getting into all that and I'm really excited. But first, before we get to that, make sure you subscribe and turn on that notification bell. We make videos on culture and social issues from a Christian perspective to help you have hope. And be free. Mandy, welcome to the show. We are pumped to have you here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> guys, we've known Mandy for a while. Her son actually was on, I mean, can you believe she has like a 17 year old son? Is no, that giving too I much information? I cannot believe it. And a lot more kids. And too. a lot more. <laughs> He's just the beginning. Her son Noah was on the show a couple months back, mom of seven kids, and she just has a lot of knowledge about vaccines, these type of things. As a mother, you want to do what's best for your kids, and this is something that over time, just became part of our journey based upon things that we saw transpire over the years with our kids and their health. So this is just what moms do. It's what we, moms do. It's what we do. <laughs> you would know, right babe? <laughs> so guys, as we get into this, I wanna say, we know that no matter what, this topic is gonna get some of you all riled up. It's just the nature of this topic. We know that people are gonna be watching that have very strong opinions on this. And we wanna say, guys, can we just lower the intensity of those watching that may already be on edge? Can we lower that? <laughs> Mandy, Morgan, and I, none of us are doctors. We are simply giving our opinion. Granted, some of us may have studied quite a bit, but none of us are doctors, <laughs> and we are leaving this to you to make your own decisions, but we are allowed to share where we're at with this, are we not? Yes, Absolutely. we are. If I could disclaim anything, if every individual out there does their research and does their risk assessment, just do your homework and receives informed consent, if you decide to make that choice to vaccinate your family or yourself for, for this vaccine or for any vaccine, yeah. I absolutely respect that. I may not agree with you, but I respect it. So guys, just give a brief history of your experience with vaccines. What was it like? maybe in your family, Morgan, Mandy? Well, when I became a mom, I always had this idea that our doctors, our pediatricians, my, my midwives and obstetricians, that they just, they wanted to do what was best for me. And to this day, I still believe that 99% of care providers out there really do believe that they're doing what's best for their patients. But as I became a mom and as I began to see things that maybe didn't quite add up, for example, when my second son was born and he was born a month early and he had this like, there was discussion that, you know, your, your baby has this underdeveloped immune system. Let's inject him for a sexually transmitted disease on the first day of his life when I've already been told that his immune system is underdeveloped. As I grew to learn more about vaccines, there's a, there's a lot of ingredients in those vaccines that little 
kidneys and little babies aren't able to, to eliminate from their body. I saw a very cookie cutter, one size fits all approach to vaccination. Sure. And you know, there's often this misconception that that doctor moms just follow, you know, Jenny McCarthy and Google. And but but really all of my research out there has come from PubMed, has come from actually the C D the, the very best information that you're gonna get on vaccines that'll provide true informed consent is from the CDC's website where you can actually read the inserts on vaccines. All moms out there and moms who choose to vaccinate, we're just trying to do what's best for our children. And that's kind of my journey. Years of asking the questions that are hard questions that people really don't want to ask but need to be asked. Morgan, what about you? Experience with vaccines in your family? Okay, well, growing up, um, me and my three other siblings, we got all of the vaccines. Um, we were on the schedule thingy, Bob. Um, got me too. <laughs> yes, got all of them. Um, but still, growing up, I got the chicken pox, even though I got the vaccine. I got the flu every year, even though I got the vaccine. I was sick a lot. Um, my little sister, she was also sick all of the time. Um, I feel like one or the other was always like going to the doctors and my mom got so tired of it. <laughs> so I think that's very interesting. And um, I never really thought about vaccines or like maybe we shouldn't get them. Like that thought never crossed my mind until meeting Paul and hearing that his whole family like, had not been vaccinated except for the tetanus Tetanus. Shot. We had very minimal, and some of you guys are going to hear that and gasp. Paul, the, <gasps> Paul's only had tetanus vaccine. He hasn't had all of the others. And we're sitting next to him. And they're not <laughs> afraid of me. It? Morgan married me. Very limited vaccines in my family. My mom didn't feel good about them. Ultimately, I, I would say that my childhood was pretty healthy. It was more on the healthy side, not as sickly. Which you guys, that's not across the board, but it is interesting. I think it's just interesting comparing my and Paul's health. Like him and I eat a lot of very similar things. We both work out three times a week. And at the beginning of our marriage, it was not the same, but I still get headaches pretty often. Paul does not really. I struggle severely with allergies. Paul does not. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that I've been vaccinated and like it's hurt my immune system. And, and I'm not shy. I still get stuff occasionally. But literally barely. My story is super similar to Morgan's. I mean, I grew up on the pink medicine, on antibiotics, <laughs> constantly. Asthma, allergies. I was in the hospital constantly and I was vaccinated according to schedule. Well, and Mandy, something that I heard you say in one of your Facebook lives recently, you said a lot of people say, well, I had all of the vaccines and I feel fine. I'm fine. And what was your response to that? <laughs> fine is not ideal. Yeah. And, and there are so many people out there who say they're fine while dealing with mental health struggles, autoimmunity, food sensitivities. We should think about these things. And we should yeah. be allowed to ask questions where there is risk to us rather than being forced or managed mandated to get these where when there, there is, is risk. risk where there is risk there should be choice there it is make it take that and write it down and journal it and tweet it it should not be mandated from your company that you have to have it to work there yeah. i feel i feel very strongly about that i was just watching the view yesterday and literally listen i watched them <laughs> occasionally it is kind of strange <laughs> they went to a very liberal panel before they actually had some conservative representatives anyway i was watching a little bit yesterday of them talking the title was something like should businesses mandate vaccinations for their employees and literally every one of the girls on there said they think that they should that's insane everyone that's the world we live in today yeah. it's scary i'm watching that like yeah. all four or five of the hosts were saying that companies should mandate that their employees get the covid19 vaccine 
to work there. When you say the thing about the view, like one thing I, I think it's important is that people don't walk in defeat after hearing that. I don't think that's the majority. Okay. I think the majority are more where we're at. Mm -hmm. And even if they do get the vaccine, I think that they believe that others should have the choice to not get it. I hope that America <laughs> has some, some pushback, there's, some fight left. I think there's a big difference between asking somebody to wear a piece of cloth on their face and injecting something into their body. That's a new technology in, in the science world. And I want to believe that people understand that and don't Mandy, just roll up their sleeve and take it. I think they're setting it up where you start looking like the crazy person if you resist taking it. It makes all the sense in the world to take it. Everyone's taking it. It's so safe. It's the right thing to do. It's the loving thing to do. Yeah. take the vaccine. You bring up a really good point saying it's the loving thing to do. And, and because we come at this from a Christian perspective and we very much want to love our brothers and love yes. our sisters, yes, we, do. we recognize that. That's why if we have symptoms, we stay home. And if we have loved ones that we want to protect, we don't be around them. Yeah. But there's a line between loving our brothers and loving our sisters. And this is what I say about my children. I say, I love my neighbor. I love my brothers and sisters, but I have a God-given responsibility to steward my children well. I believe that trumps the unknown of, of, of this vaccine and, and what has yet to even be told because the story behind it is yet to be told. The story is yet to be told. And that goes for people who don't have kids right now um, or you know, are thinking about having children. I feel like that is still Paul and I's responsibility to think about our future children sure, as absolutely. well. Sure, like, absolutely. That's loving as well. Yes, we don't have children right now, but we very much intend to have them and so thinking for ahead in the future thinking about what this could do to my body and hasn't there already been studies or, or talk that perhaps one of the side effects of the covid vaccine could be infertility in some Absolutely. and I, i'm not trying to say something that maybe isn't true no, no, but no. I, it's actually on the fda website you can you can go to the fda website fda.gov and you can see you even have leading scientists from pfizer moderna there are scientists at pfizer in europe that are actually calling and petitioning for vaccine trials to be stopped until we have more research but you can see the list of possible side effects that we have no way of knowing and infertility is one of those because there is a component to the COVID-19 vaccine and this plays into the mRNA technology that we've never seen before in vaccine development and the spike proteins you'll keep hearing about the spike proteins that that this creates in the body to create a very robust immune response. And one of those, I, I wanna say maybe it's an antigen, but it's called syncytin. This is um, something that we see in the body that happens when in mammals, placentas do not even develop. Another disclaimer, like do not think for a second that I'm claiming to foretell the future, but they're even saying that there's a very good risk here that we could be giving this vaccine, whether it affects men or not, I don't know, but especially we could be giving this vaccine to women who want to be mothers one day and they'll be found to be infertile years down the road. Like there's there's just no way to know yeah. what's gonna happen. So yeah. the, the this is the loving thing to do approach. There's more layers to it. So many there's, more layers. It's so multifaceted. We were actually on a Zoom call with our patrons a couple days ago one of the guys on there really great dude and he was just speaking from his heart and he was like so paul and morgan i work around old people wouldn't the loving thing to do be go ahead and get the vaccine he's early 20s 
be go ahead and get the vaccine because it will be safer for the older people I work around. And I'm sure there's a decent amount of people watching that would be in that boat. Again, the issue is that we is that we don't know. We have scientists and even the Surgeon General saying this vaccine, not only could it possibly shed, so you could actually be putting your elderly or immune compromised brothers and sisters even more so at risk. Or what could happen is the vaccine itself is not even eliminating the risk of transmission, which is what even Fauci. That's what, that's there, what we're, we're seeing from I mean, all the articles I've seen. There's a video of Dr. Fauci. They just, they hide. I mean, it gets hidden pretty well, but there's an, actually a video of Dr. Fauci saying this vaccine will not affect transmission or contraction of the virus. It will only affect the severity of the illness. So the risk associated with this now is that we think we're doing the loving thing, but we could be creating even more asymptomatic carriers. We keep hearing about uh, you could be asymptomatic. That's right. why you need to wear a mask. Yeah. When we do, we could be increasing the number of asymptomatic carriers, which is putting our brothers and sisters who are who are sick, immune compromised, elderly even more so at risk just by thinking that we're doing the loving thing. It's crazy. Yeah, to <laughs> me, it just practically, some things don't add up. Because yeah, um, the guy on our Zoom call was saying, wouldn't that be the loving thing? But as Mandy just said, you're seeing all these disclaimers. Well, yeah, you're still gonna need to wear a mask and stay six feet apart and probably shouldn't travel over Christmas and all of these things. So it's it's pretty much saying you're gonna be continuing to do the same exact things because even after getting the vaccine, you can still transmit COVID to other people. Yeah. Um, so in my mind, it's just like, wait, am I crazy? What, what am I missing here? <laughs> you can get the vaccine and still transmit COVID to other people. There's still a chance that you'll get COVID, which I'm sure that it's less likely. That's what they're saying. That's what 95-ish, 96% success rate that you won't get COVID. But then I'm seeing, well, actually the biggest reason to get the vaccine is because it will lessen the symptoms. But then as a young person, 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, the chances of you getting COVID and even having bad symptoms, dying. Minuscule. Minuscule. And one other thing I wanna say about the vaccine, it's a two treatment vaccine. You go in, you get the first part, and then about a week later, you go in and get the second phase administered. A lot of people are saying that this vaccine gets you pretty sick, uh, whatever you wanna call it. Like You mount a very robust immune response. And what the body does when you mount that immune response, it's as if it's trying to fight something off so you feel terrible. You f mm -hmm. So I've heard that, yeah, this one in particular, like you are feeling poorly, a, a good amount of people. There was even a doctor or doctors telling pharmaceutical companies like, let the, the people know before they come in and get this, that they are likely not gonna feel good, but you need to tell them so that they'll actually come back for phase two. <laughs> this is a red flag. Um, so to not get sick, you have to get extremely sick. Right. Oh. And you might not even get sick in the first place. Right. History tells us a lot. I mean, you don't have to look any further than the flu vaccine. These are both respiratory viruses that have extremely high survival rates. And what we know about the flu vaccine, when you look at the strand, because you have to predict, you have to, with, with the flu vaccine, you have to predict what strain of the flu is most likely. And we look at countries like Australia, whose flu season precedes ours. We guess what that strain is going 
going to be. And what we know about the flu vaccine is that most of the time it's about, I think the CDC said last year it was 22% effective, but get your flu vaccine so that you protect everybody. But then with the COVID vaccine, what you also have to realize is that much like the flu, we see that as these viruses continue to mutate and we move further away from the wild, naturally acquired version of that of that virus, it becomes more virulent and mutated and stronger. And it's actually becomes more difficult to achieve natural immunity. And that's why you have to get boosters. Mm-hmm. Because if you were acquiring natural immunity, you wouldn't have these issues. And some people might argue that that's a result of living in the in a fallen world and I get it but you know we were given immune systems for a reason like our immune systems weren't this intricately designed thing that God kind of dropped the ball on and was like oh we need vaccines now Mm -hmm. there are consequences of living in a fallen world but when our immune systems are left to do what they need to do more times than not and almost always they won't fail us that's why we get fevers that's why we feel like crap our body creates cytokines and there's a cytokine storm within the body and there's a war going on within your body and it's a good war. There is this idea of Christians being idiots because we're maybe, we question medicine sometimes. We question doctors sometimes. And like, how dare you question a doctor? They went to school for 12,000 years. Sure. And got less than one credit hour in immunology, mind you. Most medical doctors do not receive across the board equal training in things like immunology and nutrition, which if you're going to be making recommendations regarding things that affect the immune system in such a powerful way, then you should be highly educated in immunology and not receiving simply a credit hour in medical school on the subject, you know? That's interesting. Well, and and real quick, as you keep going, I I have couple family members that are in the medical field. I have a lot of respect for the time and commitment and research that they've done. I do. Go on. Be okay with looking different. Be okay with going out and finding people who have not vaccinated a single one of their children and talking to them and just getting their experiences. I had not met a single person who had not been vaccinated or even thought about being a person. You weren't in the homeschooling. Exactly. Homeschooling communities. You'll find a lot there. Yes, so until I met Paul, let's go. I had had not experienced that at all, but like it has opened my eyes to a whole new world. Absolutely. And so I would just encourage you guys to do that as well. So, guys, I had um, someone that's close to me make a post recently showing himself getting the vaccine, the COVID 19 vaccine. Uh, he works in pharmaceuticals in the medical field, and he was pretty much saying, like, guys, see, I'm, I'm getting it, I feel good about it and send me questions if you have any reservations. I'll dive into more of of what's in this vaccine and why you should feel good about it ultimately. What are your thoughts there on the vast majority of people in the medical field encouraging everyone to get it and saying, guys, follow the science. This is the right thing to do. I would just say that that story's yet to be told. We're seeing the vaccine roll out. We're seeing everybody get the vaccine. We're being encouraged to get the vaccine, but we don't know what's going to happen to the people who get the vaccine. I mean, that's horrifying to me. I mean, we've seen this played out with Gardasil, played out with Vioxx, a pharmaceutical drug. I mean, have you heard of thalidomide babies? I mean, back in the 50s, 60s, I believe, there was a drug that they gave women. I can't remember what they gave it to them for, but it was called thalidomide, and they thought it was perfectly safe. And then we had these babies that were born with no no limbs. These are stories that at the time were deemed safe. 
and, and, and recommended and the story was yet to be told. So I have so much respect for, for medical providers that are in this really sticky situation where they're on the front lines. They see what this virus is doing to people. Mm-hmm. We don't sure. want people to die of this virus. And I that's think why that's- they're making these posts. You know, people, like I said, close to me, they're like, they, they, they've seen it firsthand. And they're like, even if there are risks with the virus, the rewards much outweigh the risks. And I get it. But again, we go back to where there's a risk, there has to be a choice. And I I know for my family, the reason why we had such difficult responses, even in myself, when when I got some boosters back in 2009 that triggered autoimmunity within my body, that triggered symptoms that had to be treated for years and years and are still having to be treated, like neurological symptoms and migraines and anxiety, things that I had never struggled with until I got these vaccine boosters. There's just risk. It's not a one-size-fits-all vaccine. Each of our bodies are different. So yeah, they're saying, well, there's a there's a small chance that it is gonna you're gonna have terrible side effects, but the vast majority are gonna be fine, as we said earlier, fine. They're not gonna have any major awful side effect. But if you guys are getting this and then you're one of those people that has the awful side effect that lasts you the rest of your life, that's gonna be real for you. You're gonna okay, even if you're in the one percent, that is altered your the rest of your life. It's significant for, for you. For a respiratory virus that is 99.6%. If this virus durable. was killing 50% of the people who got it, I'd probably look at this a little differently. I think it's very hard for people to like imagine that the government wouldn't have the best out for the people of this country. Is Bill Gates evil? Is Bill Gates evil? Don't go there. <laughs> I'm, not, hey, I'm not saying yes or no, I'm not. Where a lot of money is being pushed around to Pfizer, to Moderna, lots of money if they can be the first one to develop this vaccine. It, it is a little crazy to me to think that they have all of our best interests in mind all the time. Right. I and hope I don't they do. Brag. I don't want to brag, but Bill Gates and I have the same medical degree. No. Very. We do. No, that can't be true. We do. <laughs> Which is none. <laughs> oh! Guys, we're not saying that we don't believe that many of these scientists and health people have the interests of America at heart. They do. We believe they do. But again, where there's massive amounts of money being pushed around. I mean, do you guys think that everyone in government has the best of the people at heart all the time? And the same can be said of all of us. I mean, there's a reason why the word says, look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's It's something we completely need to be reminded of on the daily. So as far as what is in the COVID-19 vaccine, because we, let's just briefly discuss, you look at previous vaccines that we had, and there becomes the issue, the moral issue of, well, did they use the cells of aborted fetuses in creating the vaccine or in the vaccine itself that's being distributed? Like that's a very real thing. Um, as far as the COVID-19 vaccine, where are we with that? What's cells in of- it, Mandy? There's very, very much, and I've seen it played out time and time again. It's honestly a bit revolting. It is this idea of, well, the baby was gonna be aborted anyway. If that's your mindset, I think that there's a little more self-evaluation that needs to be done more so than what's in this vaccine. But Pfizer and Moderna Moderna are the two vaccine developers for this vaccine. Pfizer actually used fetal cell lines in the development phase of the okay. of the vaccine. That's what I heard. But they're asserting that it's not in the final product. Mm-hmm. So assuming that there's full disclosure here and full informed consent, it was used in the development of the vaccine, but somehow whether it be through the final process 
or the, or the, sometimes there's an extraction process that takes place. They say that it's not in the final product, but to me that there, there's still, there's still, still a conflict. Ick ickiness. There's still the ickiness going on for yeah. me. So that's Pfizer. Moderna is kind of the other big one that America is looking at embracing. I think it's worth noting that, that these companies have been trying to successfully create what's called an mRNA sequence vaccine for over 30 years and have done so unsuccessfully every single time until now. Now, magically, <laughs> magically, in nine months, 10 months, we have the first successful COVID-19 vaccine. Yes. Again, another another bit of a red flag. It's really important to know here too that, that all of this time that we've been inoculating our children, we've been vaccinating ourselves, we've been dealing with two different types of vaccines, either a live virus vaccine or a weakened dead virus. Those are the two types of vaccines we've been getting all of these years. What we're looking at here now with the COVID-19 vaccine and what people don't even know because, and, and I don't even fault people for this. Everybody's busy. There's so much going on in the world. And yeah. I think we truly want to believe that, that doctors and scientists know best and know what's best for us. But this is a completely different type of vaccine. It's never, no vaccine you have ever received is in this same type of technology. And it's called an mRNA vaccine. What that does is that artificially injects, um, the natural way to acquire immunity is through the mucous membranes. With a vaccine, we know that they're injected intramuscularly, but this introduces a RNA sequence artificially into the body to try to replicate the spike proteins for this particular virus and create immunity in that way. Well, the scary part about that is because it's creating these spiked proteins in the body is that all of these scientists are saying, we don't even know how long the body will continue to, to, to create these spike proteins. Mm -hmm. So what this could actually do mm -hmm. is create a heightened disease response in the body. It feels a little bit like the twilight zone because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we've never seen this before. Um, Frozen 2 soundtrack was the soundtrack for 2020. Into the unknown. <laughs> We're going into the unknown. Any other ingredients in common vaccines in the COVID vaccine that we should, you know, uh, like when I hear that they're using formaldehyde, is that how you say it? Formaldehyde, yeah. Formaldehyde. That's what we use to embalm dead people Embalming to preserve dead their bodies. And that's well, a pretty common ingredient in a lot of vaccines that are going inside of us. I believe it's in all vaccines. I'm listening to that like, okay, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, so sure they have a reason for it, but I don't really want to be injected with you formaldehyde. You don't want to know the reason for it, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole point of formaldehyde, um, aluminum, they're adjuvants. They're they're preservatives. They're what keeps the vaccines shelf stable, stable enough so that basically you don't die immediately upon receiving the vaccine. <laughs> and then there's other things in vaccines: monkey, bovine, kidney cells. As far as the COVID yeah. vaccine, though. To my knowledge, it's been a little less disclosed like what ingredients they use. Am I right there? Yeah, there's actually a proprietary blend within um, the COVID vaccine. I want the blend, baby. <laughs> the blend. We're not telling you what's in it. There are phospholipids that, that are involved in this. MR. I, I'm not a scientist, so I'm trying to state this as well as I remember reading it. The delivery, the transmission means into the body, there's a covering and it's a phospholipid, but you actually can't know what's in that because it's it's been patented as 
proprietary. So what that tells me is that when something is proprietary right from the start, that's an even bigger red flag. You truly, truly have no idea what's being put into your body. And some people are going to be okay with that. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And and more power to you, but at at least know it. And a lot of people don't know it. All right. So having said all of that, Morgan, Mandy, are you going to take the COVID-19 vaccine? He's really going there. <laughs> I just just I just want to know. Yes. Do you want to say it in unison? Oh yeah. Okay. Three, <laughs> two, one, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna I and it's it's crazy because who knows what's gonna happen as far as mandates go into the unknown. <laughs> God willing, I hope that we will as a country Stand up for our freedoms. But uh, I, I I will be passing on this vaccine as well. <laughs> All right, guys. So we want to hear from you. Comment below. We seriously open this up to discussion because we know there are strong opinions here. We know some of you guys are very knowledgeable and some are simply like, should I get it? My work is wanting me to get it. Mm-hmm. Comment below. Let us know where you're at. Are you planning on getting it? Are you going to stay away? What are your reasons? What's the research you've done? We want to hear it. Yeah. Give this video a thumbs up if you appreciate it as having Mandy. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Channel. Mandy, for those who are like, this Mandy you guys have on <laughs> is a fiery person that knows her stuff and I'm loving what she's saying. Where can they find you? I am on Instagram. It is Mandy B. King. We will link that below. All right, guys, we love you all so much. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hearing us out. Hope this helped. You all have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll catch you again very soon. Have hope. And be free. free. We should be allowed to ask questions where there is risk to ask. Risk to ask. To ask.